you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Live on Purpose. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. Welcome to Live on Purpose. I hope that you are taking that seriously. I know that if you've tuned into this podcast, that that means something to you, that you have an intention to live your life on purpose, and I hope that this show will bring you some of the principles and concepts and ideas that will help you to do just that, and please go out there and spread the word. Our family is growing and it's growing quite quickly. I appreciate that you have shared this with your friends and neighbors and relatives and associates. Let's get the word out there that Live On Purpose is here, and it's here to stay, and we just want to help you to do what, whatever it takes to get into control of your life. Start living on purpose. As always, I have a great guest with me here today in studio. I want to introduce a new friend of mine. And I, I say that often because I'm I'm in the business of collecting people. And uh, this man is one that has recently entered into my prosperity network, as I like to call it. Some of the people who are important to me and who are creating some value in my life. And in the exchange, we're just having a great time. I'd like to introduce you to Will Rogers. Hello. That's your cue, Will. You just get to say howdy to everybody. Hello, everyone. You know what? I said howdy just then. That's my namesake, right? <laughs> He's uh, he, he was always uh, lassoing uh, ropes and doing rope tricks and uh, his horse trigger. And um, he was known as the uh, the Cherokee kid and cowboy. So you're not that <laughs> Will Rogers. <laughs> no, but... Uh, but you get that a lot, don't you? Yeah, it's a good icebreaker. He's, uh, he's had such a good reputation and quick wit and, mm-hmm. and uh, such, a, such a good um, American, I think, as well. Well, I'm excited to have you here with me today. Oh, I I met you, uh, I can't remember, a couple of months ago. Yeah. And it was in the context of some, some training and um, presentations that I was doing with a company that you're associated with. Yes, Braycon. Uh, mm-hmm. Braycon. And I've had um, one of the principals of that company, Carrie Valerio, did a show with me not too long ago about giving back. Absolutely. They're and very big on that. So some of our listeners may be familiar with Braycon, but you came on board as as an attorney, yes, uh, for the company, and and this is your training. So you have you have a JD, yes, a Juris um, Doctor degree, mm-hmm. which which means that you went to law school. Yes, law school. Don't hold uh, that against me. Some fond <laughs> memories, I'm sure. Uh, usually on the golf course. Yeah, <laughs> those are those are the best memories. Are on the softball field. <laughs> those were the good memories. And yeah. then there were all those hours in the library and pouring over those books. And yeah, Richard Nixon was once asked. So what does it take to uh, be an attorney or to get through law school? He said, an iron butt. Oh. And they're like, they're like, what do you mean? An iron butt to sit there and read through all those darn cases that make you read through. <laughs> this was Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> and I can relate to that a little bit. I went to, uh, to a PhD program in clinical oh, psychology. And you know so what I mean. Any, anytime you get into, into graduate level you know, collegiate work, it's just, it's uh, quite an experience. Yeah, it's a different world. <laughs> so, so your training is as an attorney mm-hmm. and uh, you're doing some work now. As, as I recall, you've got some specialties in the area of real estate and more recently securities law. Yes. Um, how I came to Braycon uh, is basically one of the owners of the company, Mark Baca, uh, through a series of uh, connections with people that I know, he was uh, referred to me uh, f- for a case that he had. And mm-hmm. through the process of helping him with that case, I came to meet Carrie Valerio and uh, Chad Al- Albury, the other owners uh, of the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, unbeknownst to me, they were looking for an attorney. I didn't know. I was just having uh-huh. one case for him. And mm-hmm. through that uh, process, I met each one of them. They asked me uh, to interview for a position that I didn't even know they were looking for. Mm-hmm. And I had a practice that covered Ogden and Salt Lake City and the surrounding counties and uh, really wasn't looking. And like the old saying mm-hmm. goes, the best resume is the one you don't need. 
Yeah. And so <laughs> it worked out where uh, the bottom line is is we just had such a great synergy. I mean, you know, you, you know these gentlemen; mm-hmm. and they're just wonderful, and they they do give back, like uh, Kerry said in his uh, mm-hmm. his podcast. And uh, they're people of character and integrity, and uh, they love the founding fathers and the constitution of this great land of America. And so it was just a wonderful fit, and uh, it worked out, and I joined them a few months ago. So that was clicking with you because of some things that you already have uh, tried to apply in your own life. Yes. when I, in, in elementary school, when we were taught U.S. history, um, I was just really moved by the founding fathers. What they did, the circumstances under which they did it, uh, in fighting against their huge mother country that was the world power at the time, um, and basically having a constitution that said, we need to have some basic freedoms. Everyone needs to have those. And they weren't perfect Mm -hmm. men, but they were great men. Mm -hmm. And they did great things. And so they, Bracon, have such a love uh, of those founding fathers and that is, I've always had that. Uh, and that's the reason I went into law is because I've always been moved by the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the formation of our country. And uh, the Braycon owners uh, have that passion as well. And so we just mm-hmm. had a great fit and synergy. So when you and I um, met for the first time a few months ago, we got into some discussion. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. About some interesting topics and principles. Now, uh, we probably ought to set uh, kind of a context for this. You've shared a little bit about what you're doing in your professional life and work as an attorney and your, your new association with a new company um, with Braycon. And, yes. Uh, but you didn't share with these folks that that you're one of these kind of hand-fed, silver spoon kind of you know rich kids <laughs> that got to go to law school. <laughs> And uh, that's pretty funny. You're you're laughing <laughs> oh, hysterically. It, yeah, the truth is much stranger than that fiction. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that caught my attention about you, though, Will, because I've shared with you that on this podcast, one of the objectives I have is to help my listeners to understand their worth. Sure. Now, I haven't actually said it that way before, but those of you who are listening, okay, the cat's out of the bag. I want you to know who you are. I want you to know who you are and why you are. And that you have this unlimited potential absolutely, sometimes locked inside of you. And we can be deceived by our circumstances in life. Sure. So, so there's hundreds, thousands, millions of people out there, Will, who are, who are saying, gosh, you know, I would be successful, but... Except for this or that or this person or that person. Mm-hmm. And they point to their circumstances or their upbringing or whatever. Yeah. And so... I've interviewed enough people to know that everybody's got a history. Sure. Everybody's got a package. And there are upsides and downsides to every package. And in in the introductory part of this discussion, I'm just I'm wondering if there's some aspect of that that you'd be willing to share with our listeners about who you are, where oh. you come from. Because I I grossly misrepresented <laughs> your history just now, didn't I? Yeah. Yes, you did. Uh, but thank you. I'd be I'd be happy to. Um, and you're right. Everyone does have a, a history. Everyone has had to overcome things. And one of the things I've learned about in my life is when you meet people, you have no earthly idea what they either have been been through in their lives or what they are currently at that moment going through. You have no earthly idea. Uh, it could be something right. profound, something very, very difficult. And in my situation, and it's no necessarily better or worse, uh, but just uh, my situation, my experience, I was born into a family in Indiana, um, one of 10 children, and we got uh, actually what's called a, basically a DCFS case or a CPS case, Division or Department of Child and Family Services or Child Protective Services case, where the state comes in and says, this is an unfit home. This is an, uh, for us, it was lack of sanitation, it was malnutrition, and, and, and uh, a variety of other problems. So wait, wait a minute, this is where you're growing up as a little kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These Absolutely. are the things we hear about on the news, Will. Yeah, it was that bad, unfortunately. Yeah. So this was the environment in which you were living. Yes. That the state looked at that scenario and they said, whoa, these kids are not safe here. Yes, and and it, it was that severe that we were forcibly taken. The parental rights were terminated. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was that severe. That doesn't happen... A whole lot. It happens sometimes on severe cases like ours. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm somewhat familiar with that. I think I've shared with you that uh, during the clinical area, 
era of my practice where I was uh, practicing as a clinical psychologist working primarily with children. I worked a lot with kids who were in the custody of the state. Certainly. And I've seen those situations before. In fact, I've, I've shared in my parenting training that somebody has to be in control. And there's, there's a lineup. The first dibs on the control goes to the self. Yes. But little kids don't have the power and the maturity to take all of the control in their life. Sure. So next in line is the parents. And if the parents can't take control of the situation appropriately, third in line is the state. Sure. That's right. Because they're the ones that have the power and the authority to go in there and take control. And that's what happened. Yes. Uh, and, and the thing about it is I remember being in uh, the foster care system, for lack of a better term. I remember being in that uh, and having that experience. And uh, I, we were parceled, we, my siblings and I, were parceled to different families. And uh, two here, four there, one there, two there, until literally we were all parceled out. Because there were 10 families. of you. There were 10, yes. And I was, I'm the youngest uh-huh. boy, and uh, there, I've got two younger sisters, and then three older brothers and uh, several other sisters. It all adds up to 10, though. <laughs> <laughs> you lose track I'm like, who's where, huh? when, when? <laughs> wow. And this happened when you were pretty young then, if you were at the younger end of the family. Yes, I was around two, three, age two or three, uh, and uh, was adopted at that time uh, into a a different family. So you're painting a scenario where I've talked to a lot of people, and I I wanted to tell you too, I spent five months at the Utah State Prison. And I've that, warned, I've warned him about things like that. <laughs> that might shock some people. I was there. <laughs> it was during an internship that I was doing in my clinical psychology program. And so I was running groups with the inmates and things. Sure. <laughs> I have talked to inmates who told me a similar story. Oh, hmm, goodness. So isn't this interesting? Doesn't the story predict the outcome? Doesn't having that kind of a background just by definition define what's going to happen later in life? Absolutely not. You're sure? Absolutely not. I'm positively sure about that. Absolutely. Because we have choice. And that doesn't mean everything's all rosy and you're not going to have difficulty. There's still difficulty. There's still going to be challenges. But you can choose to be what I call a transitionary figure uh, in in a family line. You can choose to not continue the alcoholism. You can choose to not continue the drug abuse or not continue the physical abuse or whatever the problem might be. Mm, You can choose to overcome that. You can choose to say, it stops here with me today. I'm going to be a better man, a better father, a better person, a better woman and wife. And and you can do that. So you can become better. Yes, you can. It's not easy, but uh, Mm -hmm. it certainly is worth it. That's going to be the crux of our discussion as we come back from this break. I want to talk about how you create a better life. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. What is Project Liberty? This is Carrie Valerio of Raycon Incorporated to tell you a little about it. Raycon has had the desire to give back, and from this desire to teach our investors how to become truly financially independent and to become true capitalists, Project Liberty has emerged. Project Liberty is a one-year educational program that aims to provide individuals with the tools necessary to gain their own financial independence. With our first class of students who have heard such comments as, Project Liberty was the answer to our prayers. I've learned more in three months than I have in three years. Both the instructors and the curriculum have added unprecedented value to my life. Project Liberty is about to begin accepting 10 new students for its second session, which begins in January. For more information, contact our website, gotindependence.com, or call Corey at 801-961-1382. The number again is 801-961-1382. Hello, Live On Purpose listeners. 
How many times have we heard Dr. Paul talk about one of his favorite books, The Dog Poop Initiative, a true story by Kirk Wiesler? Well, where does he get his books at? He gets them at morebetterbooks.com, and now so can you. Go there today, enjoy free shipping for the holidays, and special holiday bundles where you can buy huge piles of books at huge savings at morebetterbooks.com so you can have a more better life and live that life on purpose. Welcome back to Live on Purpose. We're having fun during the commercials too, aren't we? Well, we are. <laughs> Absolutely. This, you know, I the one thing I really love about these discussions is that it it inspires me. Oh, absolutely. I can see why. To, you know, we were just, uh, as we're listening to the commercials, there was one there by Kirk Weasler and another <laughs> one by Carrie Valerio. And I just remember, you know, sitting here in this studio and talking to those great men. And, and you introduced a concept just before the break. As as we were painting this picture, here's where you come from. And I know, Will, because I had to kind of pull that out of you. You didn't come in here saying, hey, Dr. Paul, I got this story that I got to share with people because, man, look what happened to me in my life. And uh, Yeah, it's private. Mm-hmm. You, well, and you, you don't mm-hmm. hold that as a victim story. Oh, no. And this is the distinction that I wanted to make between having inviting you to share this story with me to create a context— Versus some of the stories that I heard when I was serving out in the prison. Sure. Where they were using that as an excuse for where they were. Yeah. Look, I'm here because of this. Yeah. And you, and you, if you do that, and it's understandable, it's a human nature, I think, to some extent. If we don't mm-hmm. watch out, that's kind of the uh, the default program sometimes if we don't uh, try to choose better. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do that, it will always control you and your life will not be happy and fulfilled and successful and, and peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you choose to take accountability, take responsibility uh, for whatever good and bad in your life, and some of it, like when I was little and like when other people and when they're little or, or when they're adults even as well, uh, are beyond our control. It just kind of say, okay, that was then, this is now. I acknowledge it. I'm not denying mm-hmm. it and repressing or any of that. I'm mm-hmm. just saying I want to choose a better life and what do I need, and what do I want, and why, and how do I get there? And then pay the price uh, to get there and, and enjoy the journey, too. There's always a choice point. There always is. And it's like before, it's kind of like if somebody uh, in traffic gets you, cuts you off or something, or gets upset at you. Before, between that act or the stimulus and your response to that, your reaction, there's a space in between there that is choice. Just like there is in the choice to, if your buddies are going to do something, you choose, uh, I don't want to participate in that if it's not appropriate. And, or if someone has been harmful to you in your life, say, you know, your, your parents uh, did or didn't do various things. I mean, it can run the gamut. <clears throat> someone hurt you. Uh, someone wasn't there for you. Um, someone was insensitive or, or whatever that we experience in the human experience. You can choose to say, I don't want to do that because I know how that feels. Uh, that made me feel terrible, and I don't want to repeat that, which is the mm-hmm. ultimate captivity, whereas when you over, overcome it and you are sensitive, you are caring, you are responsible, mm-hmm. that is the ultimate victory because you're not repeating it and you're overcoming it and helping and sharing and improving other people's lives. You know, I've often taught and and t- talked with my clients about the concept that your circumstances in life are not nearly as important as or significant as that choice that choice that you always have the opportunity to make what am i going to do with these circumstances absolutely that's the key and in your sharing your story with us and we can contrast that with other people who might have a similar package now nobody has exactly the same package in life no everybody's unique but there's there's always similarities there's some common denominators certainly I've not found anyone who has a completely unique experience. In other words, we can always find elements of it that are similar to someone else's. Sure. And, you know, something about that is I remember as a child in the family that I grew up with, and, you know, like any family, it has had challenges as well. My oldest brother got involved in drugs 
got involved in crime and did my next oldest brother. Now, these were my adopted brothers. They were, we weren't biologically related, but we had been adopted from different families into this family. Uh, and one of my brothers, the middle one, uh, older than me, but not the oldest, uh, he eventually got involved in drug trafficking and, and things and eventually cost him his life. And I say that to say he made choices. We, we grew up mm. in the same situation, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm all wonderful, look at me. I'm saying that we do have choice. He chose one way and paid a very high price with his own life. And that's how severe the choice can be if you make the wrong one. So if you make the right ones, you, you can enjoy quality friends. You can enjoy peace of mind. You can enjoy accomplishment uh, and a personal self-worth and help others. The great thing is you can help others to do that as well. That is the giving back or paying mm-hmm. it forward that we talk about uh, and you hear from time to time. That's right. Helping, helping other people to have a better experience in life is, I think, the definition of creating value. Absolutely. That's what people value. Yeah, because human beings have value. Things don't have value. They may have a price tag, but they don't have true value. Mm-hmm. Human beings do. People they don't. only have a price tag because people value them. Exactly. And it's whatever, the price tag is whatever people value mm-hmm. on, in the exchange. But people, I think, have infinite value because if you look at someone like, say, Viktor Frankl. Now, he was, here he is, a Jewish psychiatrist and mm-hmm. Nazi Auschwitz death camp survivor. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had experiments done on his body, and uh, he was tortured, and he saw people literally by the wave of a finger, he says in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he saw with the wave of a finger, people live or die. They would go to the gas chambers. They would go to the furnaces. They would be shot on sight. And he saw that, and he, he, his philosophy came up to, if there's a why to do something, you can find any how. And you can overcome, mm. and you know, you, if you've got a good enough reason, a big enough why. And his why, he says in that book, is he wanted to tell the world his story and the story of those that went that, through that horrible experience with him so that it would never happen again. And that was his, his why. And he said when people, when the Nazis would take control of his environment, his ability to eat or to drink or uh, his ability to sleep or not, and would even torture his body with these terrible, horrendous, uh, ignobling mm-hmm. experiences, that he still had the choice, even in those extreme circumstances, he still had the choice to choose to allow himself to overcome that or to be overcome by it. Now, that's an extreme example, but it's also a powerful example of the mm-hmm. power of choice. His freedom was unlimited. His physical sa- his space Yes, that was limited. They they could they they had more physical options than he did. The, the Nazis mm-hmm. did, but he had infinite freedom. And he literally would think when he was going through those terrible experiences, he would think about years down the road being able to teach people in a class about what he was physically there mm-hmm. going through. That's powerful. That's the power of choice in an ex- in about the most extreme human conditions as you can ever imagine. If he can do that. We can certainly mm-hmm. overcome the challenges, as difficult as they are, that we have. We have a tendency as human beings to compare. And in fact, you said, you called his experiences terrible experiences. And that's not a bad word, depending on how you want to define it. Sure. Um, terrible, yes. Powerful, yes. Um, painful, yes. Bad? Not necessarily. Uh, because what gave him the power to inspire millions of people? His so, choice during that. So yeah. it's just it's a, a practice of taking whatever experiences you have and then creating from your life a better life. Certainly. Using those as the building blocks, the resources to take you to another level. Exactly. Who could have more than him chosen to be overcome by the horrendous circumstances he was in? Mm-hmm. If there's a candidate, I would say he would be it. And people who have endured those type of things, uh, past and present, and, and yet he chose to overcome. He chose to influence, therefore, millions, as you pointed out, across the world, with his ability to exercise the the power of choice in the most extreme circumstances, and and mm-hmm. it gives us inspiration, literally inspiration for our lives to do the same thing in the challenges that we face. So I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit, Will. Sure. 
And I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds too much because <laughs> this is not yet in the public realm. <laughs> but I, I noticed, well, I found out from you, you told me, that's yeah. why I know, <laughs> that you are working on a book. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thrilled to hear that because here's, here's a modern-day Viktor Frankl. Now, you weren't in a concentration camp, but you know what? You've had experiences that would give some people reason to believe that they don't have a choice. Sure. And I've seen those people. I've interviewed some of them. I've sat with them in captivity to hear them talk about that's the reason why they're in captivity. Sure. So this is important stuff. Yes. You have <laughs> experienced some things in your life and made some choices as well. Now, I know you don't want to set yourself out there as, you know, the example of all uh, all that is good and wholesome. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> because you recognize your own weaknesses too. But Yeah, ask my wife. She's a sweetheart, but she'll say, she knows. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. He's something, I'll tell you. Right. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just kidding. No, she's a sweetheart. But, well, yeah. She is. I've met your wife. She's wonderful. Yeah, yours too, by the way. <laughs> and uh, the point that I want to make about this, though, you've, you've chosen to write a book, and I understand that the thrust, the theme, the title of your book is Better Men. Yes. Which implies, okay, well, you mentioned earlier in the first segment of today's show, you mentioned some people that you consider to be great men. Sure. As yes. you were talking about some of your work associates. Great men? Well, how do you become a great man? You start by becoming a better man. Yes. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to do it all in one fell swoop. So I'm, I'm thinking about this concept, better men. What is it that creates better men? You know, that, that's the thought that I've had in my life. And I, I've looked around at founding fathers, uh, you know, George Washington, Ben Franklin, and so on, and then Abraham Lincoln, and Viktor Frankl, and, and Gandhi, and, and uh, so many others uh, that have just been truly inspirational uh, to me and uh, to millions uh, of people. And, and then uh, also, I don't want to leave out people that we know in our own lives that will ne probably never know the impact they had in our lives. I mean, just people that I've looked up to in my life as a young boy and as a young man and say, that's the type of person I want to be like. And just see how they talk to their children, see how they talk to their wives, see how they talk to other people, see how they interact when no one's watching or no one's think they think no one's watching. I was watching. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and those principles uh, I just tried to, to put in, the, in this book uh, to where uh, I'm... I, it moved me and tried to just think, I want to be a better man. I'm not sitting there. Matter of fact, in the foreword, I say this. <laughs> I'm not setting myself up as some great example. I'm striving for these principles too. <laughs> but uh, some ideas where we can uh, apply the principles mm -hmm. to improve our lives. It's what you've noticed and observed about these great men. Yes. Let's become better men. Let's do it. We'll work on that in the next segment. Okay. Stick with us. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. When Belay bought a used car for his son at an auction and it snowballed into a new company, the car was totally covered with dog hair. He spent nearly half a back-breaking day struggling with a lint brush, masking tape, and a vacuum just to do a mediocre job and couldn't help but chant to himself, there's got to be a better way. With over 25,000 tons of pet hair shed by pets in the U.S. every year, when Belay started getting ideas, frustration turned to inspiration when Mr. Belay envisioned the ideal tool for the task, a giant piece of tape that would get all the hair off of the chair at once. With just a few of these sheets, he could have turned a job that took hours into something that would have taken less than 10 minutes. And that was just the car. He only dared to imagine the potential inside the house. 
when Belay soon launched Sticky Sheets with his wife Rebecca to share his invention with frustrated pet owners everywhere. Sticky Sheets was soon featured on As Seen on TV and is now available in pet stores all over the world. I recently met with Wen and his dedicated team. He said Sticky Sheets was one of those ideas you just never want to say I regret not doing something about it. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea, wouldn't you like to know your private... If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this show, then this opportunity is for you. I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office in Orem. Call Eric at 801-447-5579 to register. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That number again, 801-447-5579. You know, we have a lot of fun here at Live On Purpose. I want to throw out an invitation to you guys. If you would like to see what it's like here in the Live On Purpose studios, and if you would like to send me a little email with your proposal about what it is you'd like to talk about here on the show, if I had you on as a guest, I would welcome that. In fact, I am... Uh, just a little while ago, Will, I did a show with a... Another of the people that I've collected <laughs> recently, his name's Adrian Marinovich, and he's he's an attorney slash psychotherapist. So he's kind of oh. like this mix between you and me. Yeah, sure. Sort yeah. of. <laughs> You're the attorney. I'm the th anyway. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Adrian is doing a, a docu documentary film called A Hero on Every Block. Cool. I like that. I like the title of that. Traveled around the whole country, and he interviewed just so-called ordinary people sure. about some of the heroic things that they're doing in their life and how they're inspiring other people. And I just thought of that as you and I were talking. Uh, this is something that people don't fully realize, that locked within them somewhere. And it's not even locked. It's just there, and you just open it up. Yes, yeah, we all have it. To the, to the wonderful things that can, can happen. If you'll turn your brain on, start to associate with people, and... Uh, we talked a little during the break about how uh, we were joking about how I collect people. And <laughs> you're part of my collection now, right? Yeah, I'm glad to be a part. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you have to be careful what kind of people you collect. Yeah, you know the old saying, birds of a feather? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's true. You become that which, and again, this is my kind of reflection on this, but I think it's it's a true principle. You become that which you associate with, uh, which you do, read, uh, spend your time in, mm -hmm. and if you associate with the wrong type of people, uh, certainly you can pay a, a very uh, high price for that uh, on your freedom and happiness. And if you associate with people who are going the right direction, improving lives, serving others, helping, uh, and uh, you know just doing good in the world, then you can certainly mm -hmm. be energized, be guided, be strengthened and supported with that, and you can do that for others as well. Mm -hmm. I want to do a little disclaimer here, too, because I don't, in saying that, I'm not pronouncing a judgment on anyone. No. Because I believe everyone has a choice to to choose the hero direction or to choose the victim direction. Sure. That's always a choice. It always is. What I'm saying when I say be careful who you're associating with, I mean what kinds of choices are they making on a consistent day-to-day -day basis. And I found something interesting. The more I commit myself to a hero agent paradigm the more i repel victim thinkers oh certainly in they, fact they get offended by me oh sure you're making them uh, frankly have to face the fact that they're choosing to be a victim rather mm -hmm. than an agent or a hero and uh, people don't like that they don't want to be confronted with mm -hmm. their with that uh, accountability with that responsibility that they have chosen uh, poorly and cho or chosen not at all which is a, a decision in and of itself too 
So at this choice point between being a victim and a hero, that's how you can determine which kind of people that you're going to be associating with. Absolutely. And, and you'll naturally sort of attract to yourself and and be attracted to the kinds of people who are doing the kind of thinking that you most resonate with. Yeah, the law of attraction. You, you attract, people say opposites attract, and I, I guess there's some validity to that on in some level, but I think mm-hmm. you truly attract that which you are. Uh, and mm-hmm. so... Uh, better be uh, do the best you can so you can attract the best as well and then you energize each other and it's it's just amazing i mean i'm around people that uh, just i'm excited uh, to be around them whether we work together uh whether we uh, go out and do things together on a social level uh, and it's energizing and i hope i am able to energize them too and i'm just glad to be one of the people that you collected <laughs> and uh, energizes me uh, uh, in our friendship. And mm-hmm. uh, and I got to meet your good wife, Vicki, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Megan, my wife, I uh, got to meet her as well. And, and it's just wonderful to do that because the, the, the choice point that you're talking about that energizes, the great thing is if you choose to be around people who are not perfect, but uh, striving to do good in the world, serving others, the hero on every corner that you, that you mentioned from the uh, previous guest, then those people are going to energize you. You're going to feel better about your life, and we're going to help one another and others uh, rather than bringing each other down and feeling like uh, because of what happened uh, years ago or because of this person in my life or this experience, uh, my life has therefore become terrible, and it controls me rather than I control it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, again, I'm not setting myself up as, as some wonderful perfect example, but I do know the power of choice. And I did see it living color growing up uh, from the situation I was born into, uh, from lice and worms and malnutrition and physical abuse to situation I was was adopted in, which wasn't, it was better, but wasn't perfect either. There was Mm -hmm. physical abuse, severe physical abuse there uh, as well. Uh, And uh, I just uh, chose to to not continue that and to learn how how to make better choices. And I saw the repercussions Mm -hmm. of the use of drugs, the use of physical violence and, and uh, abuse, and the choice of uh, to violation of laws and the consequences. And I literally, mm-hmm. as, as a young boy, saw that. And in my heart, I said, that's not fun. <laughs> that's, that's not the, happiness. That's not what you want. It's not what I want. And there's a different life. And so those heroes in every corner, I would literally watch people, as I mentioned earlier, I would literally watch people and say, that's the type of man I want to be. Look the, look the way he... Leads his life, so I don't, and I don't want to spoil the story for anyone because I hope that people will go out and buy your book when oh. it's ready. And you're projecting maybe sometime next summer, or next fall. Yes, that uh, time frame to to complete this book. You know, Will, I may need to put you on a fast track for that because I don't know if I want to wait that long to read it. Oh, thanks. I but, better. I can speed it up. <laughs> okay. Well, consider that your you know whip cracking. There you go. Day. That's right. See, that's good. That's good. Can support. I pick your brain about that for just a minute? Sure. You have been observing and noticing, as you were saying, you know, you've had an opportunity to observe all sorts of things in your life. And you have seen some things that you like and that you want and that you would choose to emulate in your life. And you've seen some other things that you're pretty darn sure you don't want. Definitely. And you've had Mm -hmm. enough experience with it to be convinced of that. Sure. What have you noticed? What are some of the key points? And I know you've got like 17 (laughs) some odd chapters that you're working on here with different concepts. Would you highlight a few for us? What's really grabbing your attention as the things that that are most likely to take us to a better place? Certainly. Thank you. I'd be happy to do that. Um, I think, uh, first of all, that uh, you have to have a basic belief in God and uh, personally uh, that's a foundation uh, of happiness. If you look at any great person, they have a foundational belief in God. And so that's a starting point because we can't do it ourselves. All of us are imperfect. We have weaknesses. We Thank goodness we have strengths as well. Foundational belief in God and knowing that God can help us to accomplish w- great things. You know, this is this is interesting, Will, and I've I've been accused sometimes of having sort of a religious show. Mm-hmm. And it's not set up that way. It's set up just based on the basic principles in life. Now, I happen to be a religious person myself, and so I have a hard time separating out, you know, different sources of truth and saying, well, here's my job, and then here's my church experience, and here's my family. I, I tend more to integrate all of those. Certainly. And I have noticed a similar thing, 
as I've interviewed successful people, and I've had some fantastic people on this show, it's just humbling to me. But I have seen that same pattern, that they all hold that in common. They hold a belief in in a higher power. And everyone has their own understanding of of who or what God is. But I have found that to be a real core, that that faith or that belief in a higher power. And I'm wondering what you would say to some of our listeners who might have have different beliefs from your own about that. And you haven't shared what your particular uh, beliefs are other than you believe that belief in God is one of those foundational principles for creating a better life or in your words, better men. Certainly. And yes, I mean, I, I am uh, very much uh, a faithful uh, member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Mormons, which growing up in Indiana where I'm from, people thought I was Amish. Do you make your own cheese? No. <laughs> Use electricity? Yes. Do you have to wear black all the time? No, but uh, it was kind of a fun thing. But uh, I've, I've been blessed to interact with a lot of people uh, in, in a lot of different faiths. And yes, it is a common theme that I've noticed in my life, and you mentioned you noticed on your show and people you've interviewed, that a fundamental principle, foundational principle for success, for true success and happiness in life, is a basic belief in a higher power in God and, and the ability of God to help us to be better by following fundamental principles like the golden rule do unto others, love one another kind of thing. And, and, mm-hmm. um, but it's, a, it's common because I know that in the darkest, most horrendous parts of my life, I absolutely could not have done it on my own and that God's power and blessings have been very merciful to us. And the great thing is it's available at any time. You never get a busy signal when you pray, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at any time, anywhere. And the line's always open. And uh, but it, it, we cannot do it ourselves. We can't just oh, strong willpower and positive mental attitude. No, no. I believe in prayer and effort and being around the right type of people and uh, overcoming when you make mistakes. Hey, I made a mistake and and move on. But foundational principle: belief in God. And I mentioned that in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, one thought that I had about that. You mentioned gratitude. I th- and humility, I think, is another one, yes. which may lead to Huge. some of your other points, because I've seen that when when troubles arise in this world, it's often because of greed, absolutely, or abuse or this of power, abuse mm-hmm. of power, mm-hmm. um, pride yes. might enter in there. Uh, yeah, a lot of of uh, faces and uh, types of pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and maybe I'm getting ahead of you because you're you're listing some of the things that you feel are are a key that belief in God is foundational. Yeah, and and you see an abuse of abuse of power is another one that's cause of many sorrows. I mean, you look in the world and and you see the uh, abuse of power from things like uh, destruction of what's happening of of people like what's happening in uh, Darfur, uh, uh, Sudan, and and uh, what happened in Rwanda, and um, things from uh, the destruction of a variety of people and a variety of lands, uh, Pol Pot in Cambodia, uh, Stalin in Russia, and uh, and so on. Uh, um, it's just it's just horrible, and so the abuse of power is one of the things that I see, and it's I put a, a, a cause of many sorrows, uh, and then greed mm-hmm. being another one because if you look what happened with uh, the the Enron mess. And uh, what, what really what happened? Basically, people got very greedy and were dishonest with the, their uh, finances and literally stole mi- uh, mi- millions and millions of dollars from thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And uh, these are just you know, not choices you want to make. So I'd look at them and say, that's not how I want to live. That's not happiness. Mm-hmm. Let's take another break for a minute, and then I want to get back into some of the other factors that can help us to be better men. Sure. spirit of the education that has helped the principals of Braycon take their business to the next level, Braycon Advisors has presented the Mind Your Own Business Roundtable. This powerful one-day event is designed for those individuals or business owners who are ready to take their own business to the next level. Limited to a small, intimate group, all those who attend the roundtable will receive one-on-one feedback from a group of amazing producers whose invaluable input can truly launch your business into the stratosphere. 
we are committed to every single person in the room leaving inspired and motivated from this powerful day with specific action steps and strategies that you can begin to apply immediately. For more information, visit the website gotindependence.com or contact Corey at 801-961-1382. The number again is 801-961-1382. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. When you dream, dream big, as big as the ocean. Because when you dream, it might come true. When you dream, hey, Will, as we're as we're talking about this concept of better man, it occurred to me that there's a lot of kind of goofy perceptions out there in our world of what it means to be a man. Yes, and, and that, that is something that I've noticed as well uh, because you hear in today's uh, vernacular and language, you know, you're the man. That means you're like, mm. you're some stud, you're some great, uh, I don't know, athlete or something, or you're this womanizer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're the man, yeah, give me five and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, so one of my chapters is guys versus men. And I, oh, interesting. I kind of just, in my mind anyway, I kind of have noticed that there's distinct differences between what I define as guys uh, who treat women basically as sex objects and they often mm. get into pornography and gambling. They're really over-obsessive with sports, which I love sports. Don't get me wrong. I really mm-hmm. enjoy sports and I, and I uh, enjoy participating and, and watching a game here and there uh, as well. But uh, men, uh, we just... I, I want to be a man. I, some of the things I've uh, listed is, as far as being better men, uh, and one of the difference between guys and, hey, dude, what's going on? You're the man, man. You know, mm. you're, you're basically exploiting women and not treating them well and, and not being responsible and so on. Uh, but the difference is men uh, treat women with uh, respect, courtesy, and honor women, womanhood. womanhood. Uh, they uh, treat children well and are good examples for children and have time for children and take time for children uh, and to help them and talk to them uh, with respect as well, rather than down to them or anything. Um, and that there's nobility in honoring women and uh, children, the elderly, and in serving mm-hmm. God, family, and country, uh, and uh, helping others. And they empower others as well, uh, both by their life as well as by word and, uh, and other ways, any way they can. So really, it's, it's, it's glorifying a completely different standard. Yes, and I think that the media has done a bit of a disservice in this area, in Huge. the way, in the way that both men and women are portrayed. Yes. And something that you're getting to, Will, here that I would really like to emphasize, is that relationships are key. And I I believe that you have key relationships in your life. Yes. That if you if you apply yourself to enhancing and enriching and, and if necessary, rescuing those key relationships. Certainly. And there's a, there's a hierarchy. You've already kind of gotten to this, but I'm working on this in terms of creation tree coaching and what, what our philosophy is, is we're working with people to help them with their key relationships. Sure. And there's, there's five levels, at least, uh, the ones that I'm defining, at least. And at the top of that is your relationship with your creator. Yes. 
Second is your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And those, yeah, two, those two are very tightly tied together. I don't think you can understand yourself without un- understanding who you are and why you are yes. and where you came from. I agree. It's powerful. The very next level is your relationship with family. Yes. First and foremost, your spouse, if you're married. Yes. Your children or other dependents. Precious. Mm-hmm. And then after that, extended family, other people who are close but not within your direct stewardship. Sure. Following family is your relationship with other people. And this might be, and it starts with those who are closest to you, your friends, your work associates, your sure. collection. Yeah, it's and, your collection. I like that. It's and dope. then beyond that to, you know, customers or or uh, humanity in general, yes. the whole human race. And how do you relate to those? And then last and always after people comes things. Yes. Your relationship with things, including money. Yes. And don't it, get those mixed up. Yeah, don't put that anywhere other than last. <laughs> well, it's last because all of the people come first, but let's get those in order too. Yes. So as you're talking about becoming better men, I think it's an understanding of the the hierarchy of what's important. And who's important, yes. And who's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And what's going to come first. And who's going to come first? Yes. Work that out, and then a lot of other things fall into place. And, and if you don't have that in line, unfortunately, uh, no success. Um, or not unfortunately. Uh, if you do not have that in line uh, and in order, in the proper order, as you just uh, outlined and stated, then no other success can compensate for failure to do that, for, mm. failure, for failure in the home. I mean, I, I've dealt with uh, in the military, in my time in the Army, and my time as a law enforcement officer in Texas and as an attorney with people who have all those priorities and those relationships completely out of order. And you see it and you see the consequences and the harm that is caused by that. So, you know, it's interesting. Every so often you just pop off with something else. I didn't know you were law enforcement down in oh, Texas. Yeah, was, corrections officer, I guess I should have mentioned that. Well, you've got <laughs> these interesting experiences in your life. And as you're coming up with these topics, it sounds a little bit like your personal philosophy. Here's what Will Rogers thinks. And it is. You're willing to own that. Sure. But yes. you're getting it from observations that you've made out there in the real world. Yes, the people I've observed uh, that I want to be more like and I just really admire a quality or a trait or a couple of those. Uh, and mm. in others that I say, I definitely don't want to do that, not just because of the nature of its being so terrible, but the harm that it caused and, on, and the destruction of many lives and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that, that as well. So, yeah, it's been both my personal philosophy, but also as I've observed, it's kind of uh, somewhat where it came from, kind of balance of both. I know we don't have a ton of time left, but what are some of your other observations? What other points have you noticed or, or are you trying to make in this book that, oh, thanks. that yeah. you'd like to call attention to? Sure, and I'll be kind of kind of quick on them, uh, and thank you. Um, well, the power and importance of having a great sense of humor. One of my favorite quotes is Abraham Lincoln, with all the pressures that are on me night and day, if I did not laugh, I should die. And he, of course, president during the <laughs> Civil War, I'd say there's a lot of pressure. Uh, but the power of having a good, clean sense of humor, being what I call a 3 a.m. friend, and I think that kind of is uh, self-evident mm. from a 3 a.m. friend, the type of friend that a person can call at 3 a.m. and talk or emergency, I, oh, who can I call during this horrible time, during this difficult situation? Try to be a 3 a.m. friend, somebody that can be depended mm. on. Because if you can be dependent on at 3 a.m., you can be depended on at any time. And and it's important to do that uh, w- for other people to be there for others. Can and I add something to that 3 a.m. Uh, friend thing? Please, because yes. Y- you know I work a lot with families. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. consult with couples and, and families about creating this culture, this family family mission, if you will. Yes. What, what our purpose is as a family. The 3 a.m. friend brought something to mind. How often? And if any of you out there are parents, especially of younger children, this will still be fresh in your memory. <laughs> Because there are times when these little tykes want something to eat ours at about do. 3 a.m. Yep, right? ours, ours do. Have we, you yeah. noticed that, Will? <laughs> sure. Now, how often, and just be honest with yourself here, how often are you lying there in bed, okay, and the kid starts crying in the other room? <laughs> and your initial gut response is, oh, I should go get the child sure, and allow my wife to sleep. Okay, the initial response, but then you quickly, 
move into, uh, if I just <laughs> wait a minute, she'll hear it. Sure, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, I'm like, wow, but well, uh, certainly that's, uh, certainly experienced that. Um, and one of the things I, I try to do is think, you know, first of all, the relationship is so important as, you, as you've outlined. And mm-hmm. uh, I, what I've really f- found, because certainly susceptible to that, what I found though is two things. One, how wonderful it is to have that precious moment, even if it's at two or three in the morning with a child who needs help, because it's a very special time. It really is. It's not ideal time. It's special time though, to be able to comfort mm-hmm. them, feed them, give them something. Uh, and then also, secondly, to help my wife, uh, Megan, with things where she has t- that obligation, that, that challenge, that, that opportunity all day long, and to be able to get her some quality sleep, to be able to get her a break from that, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, an opportunity to serve her and, and to, to help her and to enjoy that special time with the child. But yeah, I certainly uh, feel what you're talking about sometimes too. <laughs> well, we practice this thing called self-deception. And for those of you who would like to really get into this, I would recommend a book called Bonds That Make Us Free. It's oh, like by an that. author called, his name is C. Terry Warner. W-A-R-N-E-R. And he, he goes through some examples of how often, I just want you to consider this, often your gut response is the right one. <laughs> sure. Okay, but that then we sense. enter into self-deception where we talk ourselves out of whatever the gut response was. And, and we'll tell ourselves, no, I, I need to go to work in the morning. She'll be able to stay home and rest during the day. Um, if I just wait for a few more minutes, then she'll hear the child and get up and go get up. I'm just using that yeah. as an example. Oh, yeah, no, you're very right. Yeah. But how many times are we impressed or have just kind of a gut feel that we should stop and say hi to somebody in Follow our neighborhood? That. that makes sense. I, I completely agree with that. Or ex- that. express something to someone at work. You know, follow those gut responses. Trust yourself. And that's one element of, of becoming better men. Absolutely. We're saying men. I mean people too. Yeah, men and women. Because this sure. applies to women as well. Sure. Follow those those instincts, which will often just lead you in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. This is, you know what? I, I'm looking over some of your outline here, Will, and there's just some wonderful points here about becoming the hero of the family. Um, oh, that's so powerful. I, I read a an article um, that I've actually saved um, that was on uh, a website uh, that basically there was a survey done and said, who are children's heroes? Mm-hmm. And despite all the promotion of actors and entertainers and athletes and whatever, uh, musicians, it's mom and dad. That's right. And not particularly in any orders. Mom, dad, it was about 50-50. Dad, mom, mom, dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's wonderful. I'm, I was very happy to hear that. The great, there's so much opportunity for that by, by mm-hmm. being a good father and husband. And see, here's the thing. You cannot be a good father Without being a good husband, the best mm-hmm. thing you, that men can do is l- for their children is love their wives, be a good father, a good husband mm-hmm. to, the, to their wife. You some people will say, "Well, I'm a good father, but I'm not a good husband. Can't do it. I'm a good wife, not a good mother. It's all all together, both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in order to be a good father, you need to be a good husband and, as well. I want to emphasize that point because how can we? It, how can we even emphasize the importance of that, really? Yeah. Becoming the hero. There's a number of experiences that I can share, but uh, in the interest of time, I won't get into them on this particular show. But before we run out of time, Will, I want to to invite all of our listeners to, to consider these things that we're talking about here today. We haven't covered half of what we could have sure. in order to to become a better person. What kinds of things can you do? I don't want to create pressure for you guys. I don't, I don't want to send a message that you have to be perfect. Oh, certainly not. None of us are. But the step toward becoming great is being better. Yes, and we have that choice to do so. And we, can, and we can. There's something you can do today to move in that direction. Use some of the ideas we've given you or come up, or the things that you've thought about. And be honest with yourself. You've thought of things that you can change as a result of listening to this discussion between me and Will here today. Follow your gut. You're probably right. Make some of those changes, those key changes that will move you toward being that better person. Become the hero, and especially on the home front. Yeah, I mean, my, my wife and my children, my wife's my very best friend, and our children are our next best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's true happiness, and none of us are perfect, certainly that's not. That's right. Uh, but we can choose to be better. 
and and we can help one another uh, to be better as well. And that's exciting. That's our invitation to you listeners today. Well, before we sign off, I want to make sure that people have a way if they choose or if they would like to, to know you better or to ask you a question or get in touch with you somehow, how are people going to reach you oh, if sure. they'd like to talk to you? Uh, sure, thanks. Um, by email, it's pretty convenient for everyone and uh, very uh, quick and uh, try to respond real quickly. My email okay. address, attorneyutah at yahoo.com. Attorney and Utah are all spelled out. There's no dots or dashes. Attorney Utah at yahoo.com. And uh, I look forward to being able to communicate with you that way uh, and hopefully uh, build okay. more friends and collect more uh, people, right? So Attorney Utah <laughs> at yahoo.com yes. is where they can get you. And you'll just respond as you can to, to any emails that come along. Oh, certainly. And yeah, then keep watching, to. everybody, because that book's going to be coming out. You're going to watch for it. It's called Better Men. I will Rogers with a D in Rogers. <laughs> and I'd be happy to give you a heads up to that. As soon as I know that it's off the presses and coming out, you're going to get an announcement from Dr. Paul. Yes. You'll be one of the very first to know and be on my email list. If you're not on that yet, please go to drpaul.org, drpaul.org. And you can sign up for my empower weekly message. And that's where you'll get a heads up to great things like this book that's coming up. Thank you, Will, for being here with me today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And it has been a pleasure. Go out there and live on purpose, everyone. We'll be back after the holidays.